Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Obviously the story that is dominating the news cycles and has for the last uh, 24 or so hours is uh, the move by the Ontario government uh, from uh, Premier Doug Ford to invoke the notwithstanding clause when it comes to Bill 5. Now that, of course, I think we all know now, was the bill that was supposed to reduce the size of Toronto City Council. Uh, the City of Toronto uh, asked for a judicial review on that, and uh, the rendering came down. The, re- the judgment rather came down yesterday, and uh, it, it's an option that's open to them. Uh, some are comparing this to uh, to using a nuclear bomb to try to look, deal with a minor issue. It's uh, it's certainly caused shockwaves uh, in in political circles and obviously in in legal circles as well. So we're going to talk about this and, and approach it from a couple of different angles, and we are going to give you an opportunity. Uh, to weigh in on uh, what Ford is doing and the implications of that a little bit later on in the hour. Right now, though, we're pleased to welcome to the program John Maskerin, who is a partner at Air Burles, uh, leader in municipal planning and local government law, uh, joining us here on the Bill Kelly Show. John, thank you so much for the time. It's great to have you with us today. Well, thank you for having me, Bill. Let's uh, talk about a little bit about what's happened in the last 24 hours, if we could, John. And all the years you've been uh, studying and, and dealing with uh, with local government planning, uh, I never heard, nor did I ever probably think we'd ever see a municipal government try to invoke the notwithstanding clause. Were you surprised by that? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm still. I'm still reeling from it, Bill. I'll, I'll be honest. I. Uh, I heard you just refer to um, uh, a number of people who have called it a nuclear uh, uh, response. To uh, I keep saying it's. It appears to me the invocation of Section 33 of the Charter, the Notwithstanding Clause, to be disproportionate to what's actually happening uh, here in in Toronto and what Bill Five was purporting to do. Uh, not sure I'd go quite nuclear on it, but uh, it. To me, it seems a little disproportionate. So, yeah, to answer your question, I, I am still very, very surprised by it. Well, some of the uh, the legal feedback we've heard on this has just been astonishing. I know that Tom Axworthy, who was actually in uh, the, the, the federal government at the time when this whole thing was chartered, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms was uh, being crafted and the notwithstanding clause was put in there. And, and he's already been on uh, the record of suggesting nobody ever thought this was going to happen. They thought this was really in there to try to appease Quebec. Uh, when it came to deals of uh, things of separation, they never thought municipal governments were going to try to do something with this. Yeah, it uh, well w- when you're putting uh, clauses like this in, they're usually put in to address a specific situation, and the legislators would probably be told by their legal counsel, uh, well, you know, be careful because it might be used for this or that. But I bet you they didn't, uh, you know, envisage this particular scenario. So uh, I, I agree with you on that. It, it's interesting how this has really changed the, the, the paradigm, hasn't it, John? I mean, uh, 24 hours ago, the debate was, well, you know, should they reduce the size of Toronto City Council? And, and there are sides, I guess there are pretty strong points of view on both sides of that. But with this announcement about invoking the notwithstanding clause, it's now changed this uh, discussion to a legal issue. It's not about the Toronto City Council at all. It's about what the provincial government here in Ontario wants to do. Yeah, it's become uh, a much more uh, uh, high-level now discussion. And, and you know, the, the, there was a lot uh, before when when the, the city council thing was being, you know, slashed. Uh, there were a lot of people elsewhere going, well, why should I really care? Toronto Council is too big. The, the mega city is too big. Uh, so it, it, there was a lot of that. And I kept saying to people, you know, I think this is going to have national implications because the constitutional framework is set up 
throughout all of Canada for all the jurisdictions for each province and territory in the same way as Ontario. So I said, you know, I think a lot of other provinces are going to look at this, uh, and other cities in other places in BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and say, well, if Ontario's legislature can do this to their municipalities, what what might happen here? And now this has taken on a whole other realm, which is, uh, you know, the, the invocation of the notwithstanding clause, which has been very rarely used uh, up to date. So it just brings it to a completely different realm. Well, in, in your mind, does this open a Pandora's box from the legal standpoint? Yeah, it, it may very well. Um, so, you know, if, if you think about it, uh, I think uh, Doug Ford, uh, when in his press conference, I think he was very clear. We're going to invoke it. And he, you know, he was guns a blazing. He's, you know, he wasn't mincing words. We're going to appeal, and we're going to do this. And he says, and we won't hesitate to use it again. I think that also caught a lot of people off guard. It's like I didn't think that's how you're supposed to actually do it. Don't you know? Uh, it, you, you might want to use it, but he's sort of saying, ah, I'm going to continue to do this. So then you wonder, hmm, what does this mean for, you know, the larger democratic debate that's going on and the whole question of, you know, what is the charter supposed to protect and how is it supposed to protect and is it really the supreme law if, you know, it's going to be invoked over and over again by governments who don't like its application. Well, there's, I guess, a more elementary question that a lot of folks are asking these days, and I've already had some feedback about my commentary that's on our website now, 900chml.com, John. But what I was saying was, uh, the analogy, I said, look at, uh, you know, Mr. Ford has seemed to be saying yesterday, look at, I'm the premier, I won the election, I can do whatever I want. Uh, and, and frankly, from a legal standpoint, that's not true. I mean, you know, any government can rescind laws or make laws of score, but they've got to do it within the parameters of the laws of the land, don't they? Is, isn't that a, a fact? That is a fact, and that is the, the point. I think that's why there's, there's, there's a lot of upset people about this, because, uh, the, you know, truth to power, right? Speaking truth to power, you, you have to uh, uh, be certain that the government is not doing something inappropriate. And in Canada, we, we're a constitutional democracy, and the charter is the supreme law of the land. Uh, notwithstanding the notwithstanding clause, it is. And so governments have to act like other people. You can't go and kill someone and, and say, oh, well, you know, it's okay, I'm invoking this today. Um, you're, you, you've still killed someone, there should be ramifications. Now, I'm not equating killing to, to, to what's happening here, but uh, it, it was just a stretched analogy, I suppose. But uh, the, the charter is the supreme law, and uh, that's... You know, to to invoke it for something like this, as I said earlier, um, I'm not maybe not nuclear uh, remedy, but it certainly looks disproportionate to what was being sought to be put in place. But I, I can tell you what I'm concerned about looking forward here is is as you mentioned that Ford's suggesting he might do this again. Uh, I, I said this is akin to like if you're a hockey fan, uh, nobody likes referees, but you have to have them. I mean, there are rules, and somebody has to make sure that everybody that's playing the game uh, plays by the rules. And if they don't, they call penalties. And you hate it when they do it against your team. But if you don't have that, you have chaos. And and uh, f- what Ford has done is just basically thumbed his nose and said, I don't care what the laws are. This is what I want to do. Well. The, the, the judiciary's role here is to be the referee, and uh, they're supposed to be respected for that. Somebody thought that Ford was out of bounds and, and, and broke the rules by going ahead with what he was doing here. The judge said, yes, he did. Now he's simply saying, I don't care. That's 
clearly what it came across uh, like. Uh, uh, he's, I think he said at one point, uh, someone going to put tape over my mouth and allow, allow me to speak? Well, yeah, and I think, I think he would even point to all kinds of things that should be censored uh, in, a, in a free and democratic society. Hate speech, for instance. Uh, you're, you're not going to say, oh, well, you know, that should be allowed because we're, you know, you, you can't censor us. So uh, there have to be limits. I totally agree with you on that. And I think that's what was the, the scary thing about what happened. Not, not even so much the initial, we're going to use Section 33, but it's, we're not going to hesitate to use it again. And and that begs the question. Well, what else do they want to do? I mean, are they going to, in other words, flaunt the laws again? With and with who knows what? And I know that you can really get into a ridiculous conversation here about any legislation that they might pass. But but and and I know that a lot of people are going to say, well, that's ridiculous. They never think, for instance, to pass a law that says only progressive conservatives can vote in Ontario now. They'd never do that. But the fact is, is what Ford said yesterday says if we want to, we will, and nobody's going to stop us. That's that's right, and I think Justice Bellababa, when he was uh, hearing the argument, I think he brought up a couple of analogies that were very close to what you just said. He said, so you're telling me that the provincial government could just pass a law and that only uh, senior white men could be in the uh, provincial legislature? He said, would that be, would that be fair? Uh, so, he, he, you know, you, you can see the ultimate ends that you, you could have some very ridiculous scenarios, but taken to its logical conclusion, I don't disagree agree with you, Bill. And I love your analogy to hockey and referees because Justice Bellabob himself called himself a judicial umpire. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, he, maybe he had been watching the, the U.S. Open tennis match, you know, on the weekend. <laughs> well, we know how that ended. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but it, it really one, it gives you a great bit of pause and concern, I guess, John, about the ramifications on what's going to happen here uh, and, and what else is going to come down the road. Uh, and, and I grant you, the justice's language uh, in his decision was, was a little, uh, you know, off. I mean, you know, the, the term crickets, I think, probably rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But you have to get to the intent of what he was saying. And, and to go back to the initial debate here about, you know, whether or not the, the government could do what they did about reducing the Toronto City Council, I don't think the justice or anybody else has said, look at the province can't do that. Uh, you in Toronto and we in Hamilton are living proof that provincial governments can change municipal governments. They, they did it with the amalgamation years ago. They did it with, the, with the, the stuff that's been going on for the last couple of years. Uh, regional governments back in the 70s, for heaven's sakes. So they can, but I think, I think what the justice was saying is, but not during the middle of an election campaign. And that seems to be the point that uh, Mr. Ford seems to have glossed over. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. It's, uh, uh, he, he, the decision is very clear. He even said, uh, you know, if you'd done it six months before, then there would have been an opportunity for people to respond to it or not run or, or do something different and get their messaging across. To do it right now is just the wrong thing. And he actually even said, you can go and reenact a version of Bill 5 after the election. And it, it may be uh, just fine constitutionally. It was the timing that uh, that was completely wrong, and I, I agree with you. It looks like that uh, that that one uh, one small thing may have been just uh, not within uh, Doug Ford's wheelhouse to to comprehend. I, I know we're going to get into constitutional debates about this now because of what's happening, but I mean the the, the government has said that they're going to move forward to this. He's going to reintroduce Bill Five. And then invoke the notwithstanding clause. Now, my understanding, John, if I'm reading some of the decisions I've seen and some of the opinions over the last 24 hours, is there's not a darn thing the city of Toronto can do about this. 
Yeah, that that was my sense too, uh, Bill. I, uh, I I was listening to some other people who have a much greater knowledge of constitutional law than me. But I was asked several times, can the city? challenge that itself the fact that they're seeking to invoke it and i said boy that's that's kind of tough how, how can you do it unless you know they passed it without a majority at the you know the legislature some other thing i said i think they can do it i'm not really sure on what basis you can challenge an exception to the charter on are you going to uh, uh, focus on some sort of charter challenge to the exception it'd be uh, sort of extraordinary but i'm not sure that they can i um and i think john tory actually has come out and actually said that even the, though he i think he has a special council meeting on uh, uh, if, if tomorrow or thursday uh where i, I guess they're going to be getting advice from their legal counsel as to whether that's in fact the case or not you got to wonder, as you mentioned off the top here, how many other governments right now around the country are looking at this and saying, hey, I, I, I want a piece of that. I can do that too, can't I? Uh, and and I, I can just see the courts are going to be inundated right now or could possibly be inundated right now with very similar situations about laws in other parts of the country. Uh Probably, uh, I think there. Uh, I think there's a lot of quaking in their boots going on. W- one thing that I'll just mention to you, Bill, that was really interesting. Uh, so, uh, Bill Five was introduced. It was going. It was passed, and uh, uh, Premier Ford was speaking at the Association of Municipalities in, of Ontario in Ottawa, and was asked the question: um, uh, You know, would uh, w- is this going to happen in other places? Is there going to be a slashing of council uh, uh, in, in other places? And interestingly enough, his speech notes say uh, we are not planning uh, any uh, cuts to any other uh, councils in Ontario. But what he actually said is we're not planning any cuts to any councils in Ontario for now. He added two words to it. Which makes us wonder here in Hamilton, uh, and I'm sure they're having the same discussion in Ottawa and Windsor and and a number of other places right now, is this what's going to come down the road for us? It may very well. If it works for Toronto, right, then that's what they're saying. It's dysfunctional. It's too large. I mean, Niagara Region Council has 31 members, right? That's pretty large. Uh, uh, Peel, I think, has close to 30, 29, something like that. So you, you, you can see the argument for smaller places and being more efficient being made in a whole host of municipalities, including Hamilton, Ottawa, and some other larger cities. Some of the things that he talked about in the decision, John, I wanted to get your opinion on. First of all, he yeah. he, he was upset about the fact that uh, that there was no public consultation on that. And, and those of us that went through amalgamation uh, 17, 18 years ago uh, know that there was public consultation. I, you know, not everybody was happy with the, the outcome, of course, not in Toronto nor in Hamilton for that matter, but they did go through those steps. Uh, and he also mentioned the fact, obviously, about this being the, during the election campaign. Yep. Uh, if, if, if all your years of, in municipal government and, and law, are there protocols that must be adhered to? Or are those just suggestions that they might want to try to do if they feel like it? Well, in here, what's really interesting in the City of Toronto Act, um, and it's also in the Municipal Act, but I'll just talk about the City of Toronto Act for the moment. When it was created, it was supposed to recognize the City of Toronto as, uh, you know, the sort of center of the universe. And uh, it didn't actually give the City of Toronto all that uh, greater powers than any other municipality had. But what it did is it put in place, and again, it is in the Municipal Act for every other municipality, that the province 
shall consult uh, and cooperate and have mutual respect for its municipalities. And I think that's what struck people as very odd, uh, saying, you know, it was even in the legislation itself that it would do this, and yet the government came in and didn't do it. Now, Justice Bellabob in his decision says there is no duty. The province can at any time come in and do something different. Uh, I, I found that quite surprising, and he said, you know, a subsequent statute can override a previous statute. So then I'm wondering, well, what's the point of having the consultation requirement in both the City of Toronto Act and the Municipal Act if the province can at any time decide, eh, we're just not going to follow it? It it just seems like odd legislative drafting to, to do that. Um, but but that's what he, he said on that point. So um, usually, uh, Bill, when a statute requires a prior meeting, uh, public meetings or consultations, it's usually spelled out very clearly. And I'll just give you one example. The city of yeah, Hamilton. I got, I got about 30 seconds pass- left. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just very simply. City of Hamilton wants to pass a zoning bylaw. It has to have a public meeting where it gets public input before it can do so. The, and it, if they pass the bylaw without it, it's an invalid bylaw. Curious times, John. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's, it, it's got a lot of us scrambling right now trying to find out exactly what's happening. Thanks so much for the time today. We'll uh, probably stay in touch as this unfolds over the next few days. Appreciate it, though. Please do, and thank you very much, Bill. Okay, John Maskerman, partner at Aired Beerless, uh, trying to make some sense out of what happened at Queen's Park. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.